the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. First and foremost, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers who are here. God bless you all. You guys do a lot for us. We wouldn't know where we would be without you guys. So thank you. God bless you all. And we also offer this Mass to all the mothers who are no longer with us. And we pray for them and their families. And I also want to, I see uh, some students who received First Communion this week, and I want to congratulate them who are here. It's a blessing to see their faces again. We had uh, around 240, uh, 50 students receive First Communion this weekend, so uh, we pray for them also and offer them uh, in all of our Masses. Uh, an interesting statistic, if you don't know this, so the reason why I'm happy to see a lot of good amount of First Communion students here today at Mass and uh, in our previous Masses this weekend is because the statistic is this, only 10% of students who receive First Communion come back to church. The next time we usually see them is when I get a call and they tell me they're getting married and uh, they want to come and register. That's typically the next time we see the First Communion students. And for baptism, it's sort of the same statistic. It's a little higher. When we baptize a child, the next time we see them is when they receive First Communion. And after First Communion, the next time we see them is when they get married. When they get married, typically the next time we see them, we're not gonna mention it, but uh, it, it comes later on down the line. And I think one of the problems that's really uh, intrinsic in society, and the reason why these numbers are so scary because 10%, that's a very low number for you know, people to come back to the church. I think one of the reasons is because we have two realities mixed up. And I think it's sort of easy to mix them up, but we have to be very careful of how we mix them up. And these two realities are these. The difference between a career and the difference between a vocation. Those are two very different things. And the second we mix up career and vocation, we get the 10% statistic and we become that statistic. How do we get there? For example, my vocation in life, I am a priest. God called me to the priesthood, so the second I treat my priesthood as a job, that's when it gets scary, right? If I treat it as nine to five, 10 to six sort of thing, um, it's sort of delving into what a career is, and that's not what I do. That's not my vocation. Again, that's not to say you can call me at any time of the night and I'm gonna answer, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, I don't have a career, I have a vocation. But my vocation is sort of supernatural. Not everyone is a priest or a nun or a monk. Most people in this world, you guys are uh, working families, some stay-at-home moms, people take care, taking care of their families. These are all great things. You know, these are all careers. But each one of you as well has a vocation. And that's why these two realities must be different. And why do I say that? It's because if I ask each and every one of you, you guys are probably experienced, you guys know how to, some of you are probably entrepreneurs. You guys know how to start small businesses. You guys know how to uh, you know, run a solid business. That's all great. And that's something maybe someone else doesn't know how to do. Maybe some of you are engineers, some of you are doctors, some of you have your own expertise in some sort of field. That's great, that's perfect. That's actually uh, something great I like to see in the community. Us having this uh, knowledge and this ability to have this career, whether, again, it's stay-at-home parents or uh, working in some sort of uh, engineering company or whatever, whatever it may be. 
But when that becomes everything, that's when we become the 10% statistic. Why do I say that? When a career becomes all we know, there is no room for something that actually has depth. Having a career is great. You provide for the family, you're able to be uh, sort of independent, you're able to uh, provide for the future of your children, you're able to do a lot of things when you have a solid career, when you know what your job is in life, that's good. But that's not everything. If I were to ask you questions about what you're experienced in, you could probably sit down with me for hours and explain to me how you're you know, good at these certain things in your moms. We wouldn't know what job or career or what you do. And again, like I mentioned in the beginning to all the moms, we wouldn't know where we would be without you guys because not everyone could do a job of a mother. They know how to be a mom. No one else does. But again, that's not everything. And when it becomes everything, there's no room for things that actually have to do with the salvation of our souls. These things have to do with getting by in life, providing for the family, putting food on the table, making sure we're responsible. That's good, that's great. But Jesus in this gospel today, he mentions life in a different way. So this is the famous high priestly prayer. Jesus is saying a prayer to his father. This is a sort of focal point in John's gospel. What does he say? He says, and this is eternal life that they know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The life that we live here, it's a career. It's things that we're getting by. Our vocation is exactly what Jesus is saying. Our common vocation that we all have is that we know the one true God and Jesus Christ is only begotten Son. How much do we know about Christ? How much do we know about who God is? Because Jesus is telling us, this is eternal life. When he mentions eternal life, this has to do with our souls. Our career has to do with our families that we see here, with, like I said, our bodies, our physical nature that is here. Now he's talking about something that's no longer physical. It's eternal. And it has to do with our souls. And this question of how much do we know about God? How much do we know about this one true God? How much do we know about Jesus Christ? That is what determines where our soul is and how much our careers are taking over our lives to a point where we think that our careers have to do with this eternal life that Jesus is talking about. It is not. And sometimes, believe it or not, we think we know some things about religion and who God is and who Christ is because we like to debate Protestants that are around us or some unbelieving um, uncles or aunts or whoever that we have in our families and it's, it's fun to sort of debate. But that's one thing. It's another thing to actually know who they are. And it's funny, when I have baptisms, I usually ask the sponsors questions. And you know what happens when I first preface it by telling them, look, I'm gonna ask you guys some questions you guys are gonna answer on behalf of these kids. Do you know what happens? They turn very red and they avoid looking at me because they don't know what I'm gonna ask them. And they know that they don't know as much as they should about what the faith is. Obviously, there are yes or no answers, but they don't know that. And for us, for each and every one of us, if we don't even know the bare minimum of what our faith consists of, the Ten Commandments, what the sacraments are in order, 
how many books there are in the Bible? If I were to ask you right now, how many books are in the Bible? Would you know? If I were to ask you who the major prophets were in the Old Testament, what would you tell me? What are the sacraments of the church and why do we have these sacraments? What is the difference between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox faith? What are all of these things? When did Jesus start his ministry? These are very fundamental questions, very simple questions of our faith. And if these are things that we sort of juggle around with and don't really understand, then maybe it's time for us to sort of sharpen our teeth and dive into what our faith consists of. And the best way to do that is within the home, within the family. Because you're not only bringing eternal life to your own soul, you're bringing it to your own family as well. And Jesus calls each and every one of us to do this. Because this gospel is so clear of what eternal life is, we're left with a decision when we walk out of church today. Do we just go along and become overly obsessed with our careers and the worldly things that we know of and sort of let that drive our lives? Or do we, you know, of course, continue to focus on our careers, but also bring this eternal life that Jesus is talking about into our lives, the eternal life of our souls? Because what's at stake is, it's either us becoming that 10% statistic that I was mentioning in the beginning, or we allow this gospel to live within our hearts, to be alive in our hearts, and show Christ that we are willing to live this eternal life starting here on earth and allowing Him to open our hearts so that we may know Him even more by reading the Bible with our families, answering questions of the faith that we don't understand, we don't know. And the more we do this, the more God gives us a grace to persevere in this common vocation that we have to all become saints. Amen.